friend Corey Benz and he laid out burning, you know, burning away the that fear, right? Burning away what is holding us back and that just you got to burn that away. And so that's been fantastic. So my next guest, um, I followed I followed him for quite some time through Instagram, which I love. This is the way I love about social media, being able to connect this way. And so I want him to introduce himself. Uh, I've known Kane uh, digitally, if you will, for probably over a year now. Um, and he's got an incredible story. He's got a, he's got a very successful business. He's in a place that I really love in Australia. So Kane, well, thank you so much for being part of this and coming aboard. So if you would, just take like, you know, five minutes, if you will, introduce kind of yourself, you know, what makes you, you, your background, uh, and then we'll get into the whole why of what you do. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Cameron. Um, yeah, so Aussie born, Aussie raised, uh, live in Sydney, grew up here, I'm 34 now, uh, grew up in Sydney with a single mother, parents were divorced, you know, came from not the most successful, educated uh, upbringing, um, good, hardworking mother. Um, you know, where I am now, fast forward many years later, you know, went through school, was kicked out at age 14, so the school system failed me. Uh, very ADHD-driven kid, uh, a lot of energy, you know, like very keen to learn, but just a bit abstract. Um, school system didn't cater for that. And, um, yeah, ended up in a boys' home. Went from there, um, yeah, and you know, was was sort of told that you know school wasn't for me. Just get a labouring job, um, just accept it. This went on for years. Um, then in my early twenties, I read a couple of books, and uh, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yes, you probably know the book, man. Yeah, and um, yeah. Long story short, that sort of just um, gave me a light bulb that thinking. You don't need the traditional education. Um, you don't need to, yeah. You don't need to come from the most successful backgrounds, and that sort of opened up my mind to this whole new world of thinking. Like, you know, maybe I could invest. Maybe I could have this passive income. Um, maybe there's a different way to doing things. And and the concept of the book is, you know it, but for some of the people that might be uh, listening or you know watching this, it could be, you know, you, you don't have to be the 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 rich dad is the dad that went the entrepreneurial road and. The poor dad was the one that went the academic road, but he's a slave to his job and his salary's capped. And that just sort of triggered something in my mind. Mm -hmm. And um, later on, you know, I was really good at maths. That was probably a strong subject. So I just went on with um, financial planning, got a job, started investing, um, sort of had to go back, educate myself in my early 20s. You know, my high school education was like 14 years old. Um, yeah, I had a bit of a criminal record. So all these things were limiting in my mind, limiting my beliefs. Um, mm -hmm. And years later, I ended up becoming a financial planner, partner in a, a partner in a large firm. Um, from that firm, went on to separate from the firm as a partner into my own business. And, you know, I've had some adversity since, but made it uh, on a really good path. And then I actually started going back and working with some of the charities that helped me, like the youth centres, uh, the boys' town uh, that I lived at, the boys' home, I went back and became one of the first, or, or was the first foundation board member ever that ever went to the school after like nearly 80 years, 85 years of existing. Uh, boys' towns in America too, so it's the same lineage of, of the boys' town um, yeah. home. Um, 
so yeah, mate, I've just um, experienced some really cool things. I've been exposed to some really harsh adversities, I suppose. I've seen a different world, um, but it's, it's, it's painted a very uh, interesting perspective in my life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll be the summary, Cameron, man, to be honest. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot in there. I mean, there's, we could go on from, you know, ADHD, which uh, I mean, I, I know that feeling, right? I remember just always being told, you know, my, my parents would always get called into the principal's office or, you know, meet with a teacher and they would always say, well, he's just a very high strung kid. You know, he's very active, you know, and they didn't have the, they didn't, there was not, there was not that title when, you know, I was growing up in high school and, and I, I just, you know, if I got bored quick, it, which often happened, you know, which is a lot. So I can mm. totally understand that. I mean, um, you know, single mom, we could go into a whole thing with the single mom, but there's just so much to unpack, but I want to get into, um, um, I want to get into this when you get into financial planning, because it's not, um, it's not a very, I mean, hey, people get into it, then that's a huge space. I mean, there's just so much going into it. So um, I want to read this real quick because I was going, doing some research online, but um, the space you're in is very competitive. Last report that I saw there, there are over 26,000 financial planners in Australia, which I mean, that's, that's Australia. I mean, you know, I'm in America, you're in Australia. That's crazy. So what, what drove you, what drove you to enter a space that's, that's very competitive? I mean, like you said, you you went in with a partner and then you left and you started true North. So help us understand what, what drove you, what, what got you into that space of saying financial planning, this is where I want to go. Um, yeah, well, uh, when I um, got one of my first sort of labouring jobs, I was a, a tradesman, like an electrician sort of job. I went and worked in the mines in um, the desert part of Australia, called like Central Australia, where it's just red dirt. Mm-hmm. And that was the only sort of uh, the sort of low skilled job I could get that was decent paying. It's long hours, dangerous work. And I remember working in the mines, and and I started to get a bit of money, and I had to manage it, and. I decided to do finance online. I was like, you know, I need, I need to get adequate at some skill. You know, I didn't really have much skill. And right. I thought I liked it and I enjoyed it. I had a passion. I liked the share market. Um, it, you know, something that like at school, I couldn't pay attention. But for the first time, I could sit there and read a book in a week. You know, it just caught me. It, 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 I, I thought about the next time I could read the book or learn something. And it became exciting for the first time. And I realized that I could learn something. And I had the attention and the ability and I wasn't limited in my, you know, my ability. Um, and that's how it started just to do a course to manage my own money. Um, mm-hmm. But after two years of really struggling to go through the course, you know, like learning online is extremely hard for someone who doesn't have a long attention span, <laughs> as you yeah. can imagine. Yeah. Um, and I tried to quit a few times. It was times where I was like, I can't effing do this. Like, it's not for me. Like, you know, you're trying to learn online. You, you're not in that work environment. Um, yeah, I was working in a mine with blokes that are just, you know, completely different to any corporate and um, finally finished it. And then one day I thought maybe I'll try and get a job. And I reached out to an uncle of mine that used to work high up in the bank at my mum's sister's partner. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much told me that almost in certain words that maybe I should reconsider. I don't have a degree. I just did a diploma 
online, that was really hard for me. Um, right. You know, it'd be hard. And then I thought, no, I'll go p- apply for jobs. And I applied for one job. And when I called up the CV, got my resume, the guy said we had 35 people that got masters in financial planning, let alone everyone else with a degree. He said, mate, do yourself a favor and, and, and get a degree or don't bother. And Jeez. that was, that was harsh, man. But I think there was a part of me that just, once I started to believe it was possible, I wanted to prove people wrong. Um, I enjoyed it that much. You know, you, you mm-hmm. see these success stories or the guy that that 1% of someone that like, you know, makes it to the top or wins or, you know, and I focused on that. I didn't focus on the 99% um, percent of things that would go wrong. Um, yeah, and then I got into finance and it was hard the whole way. My yeah. first internship, first of the only one in there without a degree. And they took out of 200 applicants, they took 20 people. So I don't know if you watched the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. Love that show. Love that Mate, show. It was, it, it was almost like that. I was the guy that got <laughs> took, I, no, honestly, I got took out of across, all across Australia. This big bank took in 200 interviews. Um, there was like three or four stages. Then we went to 20 across Australia. And then every two weeks, there was a test. You didn't get 80%, and you got dropped. And it was two weeks, four weeks, six, eight, 10. So it was five stages. Then yeah. At the end of that, you got, you got nine months in a live practice and you had KPIs and you had to bring in clients. Then it was intense. And wow. I remember, I re- yeah, man, it was fun. Wow. And yeah. So I was this uneducated kid. So I remember when they said, let's pull out um, Excel and PowerPoint. And I didn't even know what they were because I come from a mining background, high school level of 14. I looked around thinking, what are are they talking about? And uh, I remember when we first did our first calculation, I used Excel like a calculator. I was typing it in, not using the formulas. So I was, I noticed early on, my weaknesses were mm. the academics. My weaknesses were the tools and knowing how to use things, right? So I was so far behind. I actually, I actually won that internship at the end of the year. I, I, I surpassed everyone by a, a huge margin based on a the percentage. They're only mm-hmm. so obviously small, small numbers because we're all interns. But um, I got poached from that job by the practice I went into became a partner. But the only thing I had was people skill. The way mm-hmm. I grew up, I grew up around a lot of lot of street kids. Uh, had to be a little bit more different in, in how, how, to, how to have character and how to talk. And I think they were the skills that helped me. I started at seven and I finished at seven. So they were my two strengths. I could talk better than people that come from the academic background and yeah. I could work harder. And I put those two together and I struggled at the paperwork. I struggled at the spreadsheets and I wasn't as quick but I still won. And Matt, I remember people in the intern started to, you know, spread rumors, say things, say that, you know, you obviously like, and people started to try and kick me when I, when I was at the top and I was like the underdog. And it was just, it was just a funny experience. Um, and then I, you know, went into this partnership. I got poached by someone. He'd come in this guy and he pretty much pulled me aside in the intern and said, um, you know, if you can come from a mining background, yeah. Um, with no education he goes if i can get hold of you for a couple of years i'll show you how to do this properly and offered me a job and went into a partnership with him two years later um as we built that business but uh yeah and, and that's how i ended up in finance and then i just got really good at it um 
a very competitive space. Yeah, yeah. And you know, at, a, at a young age, I think I got a really, really good mentor. This guy that took me in taught me a lot really quickly. Um, it was, it was, you know, long hours, but um, yeah, I think it's all all paid off. You know, build a bit of resistance. Man, I'm talking to the Australian version of uh, <laughs> of the pursuit of happiness. I mean, that is that is just that is fan that is fantastic. I I don't know how many people um, would have just you know quit. I mean, it, I bet just listening to that. I mean, Eric Thomas, I follow him, Doctor Eric Thomas, or he's known as ETA yeah, yeah. preacher. You know, he always will tell he's people, religion. "Look, man, it took yeah." He's like, I, "It took me 12 years to get a four year degree." And, and I think it's, you know, and I, and I listen to what you're saying. I mean, it's like using Excel as a typewriter. I mean, using as yeah, I could just see punching numbers. And I mean, just seeing that and listening to that, I mean, at any point you could have just listened to the naysayers. You know, you could have just listened to the people that were like, you're not going to do it. I mean, harsh reality, oftentimes we get the biggest critics are the people that we love, trust, and respect. And, and even the bigger ones, uh, it's simply, you know, are, are, are within kind of a family or friend space. And that's just, it's amazing how you just persevered and pushed through. Um, and oftentimes it comes from just, you know, how, we're grow, how we grow up and just that never quit attitude. And I think that is just, it's important for people to hear that. I mean, it, to, to never quit, never give up, you know, because when you, when you quit, you only quit on yourself. And I think that's just amazing. Um, but I want to, let's keep going because we want to get, I want to get into some of the other parts of the aspect and break down exactly what you were saying, but, um, now yeah. you've, you were poached, which I think is, 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 is funny, right? Here's this, this kid with no formal background, the street knowledge. I mean, let me just, I, I need to, I need to expand. We need to talk about this street knowledge for a little bit, because I think it's, I think it's it's very important, right? Especially for professionals, right? To understand there's there's book knowledge and there's street knowledge, right? And it, the, the understanding the difference between the two. So, help bring us into that a little bit more of the street knowledge and talking like that. Where is that fear that uh, that uh, that no fear of just talking with people? Well, I mean, where does that? How does that help you? Obviously, we could get it, we understand, but. How is that? I mean, the, this fear of just talking to strangers or picking up the phone and making a, a, a flat cold call. I mean, help me understand kind of that, that process um, of well, just that street knowledge. Yeah, okay. So the, the two, two things. The, the awareness is the street knowledge is, is two things. If you grow around in more of a dangerous environment and around dangerous people, you have to be more aware and sensitive to human behavior, mm -hmm. body language, tonality, because the difference between getting yourself in the wrong situation, the right situation can mean a lot of pain, not, not just embarrassment. It could mean, you know, severe violence. It could be, you know, s s severe physical abuse, you know, things like that. So at a younger mm -hmm. age, you start to tune into the world a bit more that's what, you know, street smart is. So when you go into sales, sales is that it's, it's, not trying to sell, but it's trying to relate. And, you know, they talk about that whole mirroring. You mirror the breathing. You mirror the the, the tonality, the the frequency of how high or low someone talks. And 
it's it's awareness of that and I think I could just relate to people life experience even though I was young I was ahead of my age by far mm-hmm. which helped me against the other kids but awareness of how people were feeling and acting so you, you pick up on that so that was the first thing so when you sort of around the street and stuff and it's more survival you have to be you're forced to learn that early on than someone that's sheltered from it. The second thing you said to talk on was the no fear. So when you've got nothing to lose, you're not afraid to lose. It's different. It's like if you're up on the casino table and you've got, you know, a hundred grand in chips, you're, you're hesitant to go all in, but you're yeah. the guy that's got, you know, a thousand bucks or you're, you're at the bottom of the table. You easily to make irrational decisions or, or you can still be rational, but you're easier to sort of take more risk if that's right. the way, you know, you're willing to go all in a bit quicker because you're less to lose. Um, and there's, there's, there's more on the table. And I think I wasn't afraid of rejection. I wasn't afraid of anyone to think I wasn't good enough or someone to hang up on the phone. I had people to tell me the F off and yeah, who the hell are you? And I used to call them back. I called people back. I had people abuse me and I'd call back until they talked to me normal. And I said, look, if you don't want to talk to me, just talk to me. Just tell me. I'm not going to call you if you just be polite. I'm just calling you to offer help. I'm here to call you to see how you are. I'm not doing anything to harm you. And then I'd get them to the point. Some people obviously never picked up and, you know, yep. a couple of people I'd call back and they'd pick up and talk to you in the end. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look, it wasn't like they picked up and they just bought straight away. Like most of them picked up, agreed with me and then still proceeded to go their own way. Um, but I just had a different mentality about, I think, the way I approached it um, with the whole sales and, you know, the, the not worried about what people thought of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I cared about my level of standard. Obviously, I wanted to do a good job. I wanted to sure. raise my standard, my ability. Uh, but at the end of the, end of the day, I was... I think when you come from a lower demographic, you don't put yourself on a pedestal and it's not, it's not as far to fall. So there's not as much fear behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that, we could, we could do a whole nother segment just on those two aspects that you went over. So now that you, I mean, you've learned that you've learned to kind of the, that street smart and you're right, man, breathing and tonality and body language. I mean, that is, when you when you you know when you're doing face to face sales or on a phone or Zoom meetings, you know these conference, it is critical to just be able to pick up on those 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 key you know indicators, right? You know if somebody's leaned back with their arms folded, you know they're like, man, I have got to break this wall down somehow, right? Um, or you can hear them on the phone and and they're they're listening, right? They're giving you the courtesy to listen, but they're not actually paying. Really, they're not listening to what you're saying and what the value you can bring. And man, I think if you don't, obviously, this isn't like, hey, go rock, you know, go grow up. If you're not from a a rough background, we're not saying, all right, well, you know, ditch everything and go go live in a a rough neighborhood for a year or two. But (laughs) there are plenty of of opportunities for people to learn and grow and pick up some of that street smart knowledge, which I think is fantastic. And that fear that you talked about of just rejection. I think it's funny, just hey, some of the talk, it doesn't talk polite. You just kept calling them back and are like, look, you may not like what I'm doing, but <laughs> let's just have an adult conversation. That is, yeah. that is fantastic. That's awesome. So um, <laughs> let's go. Let's go into it real quick. You know, you in 2000, I believe that's right. 2015, you started True North. Um, 
help me understand yeah. what what how'd you come up with the name True North? I mean, what where did that where did that come from? True North. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a funny story. Not many people ask, but it was. I was originally in the partnership. So when I went into that partnership with the person that poached me, I was my mentor, mm-hmm. became my business partner. Um, I learned a lot from this individual, um, really intelligent human being. And I was very young and naive. So as we went into business, I started to realize that our values weren't aligned long-term. He was from an old school way. Um, I wanted to be more technology, innovative, doing all this crazy stuff. He was from the, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Let's just mm. keep to what we're doing. It works. Right. I've made money. Um, and in in the end, I wanted to go a different way. My my view was more about following what I enjoyed, what was giving more to the client, not the most profitable service. He wanted to keep it to just be very simple, be good at one thing and do it well. Don't go outside. Don't try and bring new things in. And I was like, no, no, I've got the rest of my life. I, I, I need to be fulfilled in this. Like, I need to feel right. like I'm contributing to this space. Um, and uh, we just we just disagreed. And I said, I'm going to leave. And he's like, well, um, you, you, know, you, you probably won't grow as much as me and all that. And I said, well, this is what I want. It's my purpose. So I looked at this as like my true north. And I wanted to follow my true north. And I want the clients that we work with to follow their true north. And that's in the, it's individual thing, right? So what's important to you might be similar, but it would be different to the other person. And everyone has their own true north of what they want to create. And I don't want to be true north financial where we're just money. We're a lifestyle business that creates your lifestyle. We do the numbers. Mm-hmm. So we do the finance, but we're creating a lifestyle based on that person's true north. That's why we intentionally called it lifestyle. Um, the numbers play a role, but the lump numbers aren't the outcome. We're not here to get you 20% on a stock. We're here to say, what do you want to achieve? But the 20% on the stock may be the reason and the thing that helps you, um, you know, work one day less a week, put your kids through a private school, retire when you're 55 rather than 70, you know, like pay off the house earlier. But it's, what does that mean? Where's the why? What are we creating? Because in the, the day we look at it's, it's yeah, health, family experiences, they're pretty much the only things that, that matter. Um, yeah. And, and everything comes from that. And that's sort of where the name come from, but it was like a personal realization. And then I realized that's what we really did for clients. And that was important. Um, you know, you get clients that come in all the time. And so oh, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to get the best stocks. You know, I want to get the best you know, shares. Um, it's like, why? Oh, I want more money. Why? Like, and then you drill down. It's like that had a purpose at the end of it that would, would actually do something for their life rather mm-hmm. than just make more money. Because at the end of the day, all the money in the world is not going to do anything if you don't know where to apply it or what to do with it, or you don't know what it's got to create in your life as far as um, a better a better life or a better form of happiness. Um, and it normally entails doing things and who you do those things with. Uh-huh.